I couldn't be religious and gay. It was impossible. I was being marketed as some sort of like teenage it girl. When a girl kissed me on my 18th birthday, a whole other world opened up to me. I was a minor nuisance. Eight Australians will tell you about the choices that have led them to unexpected places. These are some of the stories you will hear on Let Me Tell You, a podcast where real people tell incredible real stories. Look for Let Me Tell You and follow wherever you get your podcasts. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands I'm recording from and pay my respects to the Camaragal people of the Kulin Nation and their elders past and present. I also acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands you're listening from. Welcome to Great Minds. In this bonus episode, we chat to Nicole Smead, who led the Mora Mora meditation in this series. We had a quick chat to Nicole about how she developed the practice and how meditation helps us stay connected and grounded. Hi, Nicole. Can you tell us a bit about what you do? What I do? I write poetry. I sing. I play around with music and soundscapes, take field recordings, kind of dabble in lots of different things. I like to say that I'm a multidisciplinary artist only because that kind of encompasses basically everything and anything. (laughs) And a lot of what you do is also you're an art teacher in Nowra, which is you're working with kids. Yeah, I work with kids in in the poetry space, running poetry workshops. I work for an organisation called Red Room Poetry and look after a program called Poetry in First Languages which is all about revitalising our first languages and creating opportunities for First Nations students to engage with their elders and language custodians through immersive on-country experiences. So we go out onto country and we listen to country and respond through writing poetry. And can you tell me a little bit about your journey into this space of, of meditation, of First Nation spirituality? Well, I've always been drawn to meditation. I've always been drawn to music and I think listening to music can take you into a similar space to listening to journey meditations that take you through a visualisation. There's something about when you just let yourself be fully immersed in that experience and the emotions that come up that I just find deeply resonates with with me as a person. So I guess this is something that I've been doing my whole life. Poetry is also a part of this for me because it's that same kind of space that I tap into when I quietly listen to the stories that come up within me and then spill out onto the page in words or spill out into a recording device in the form of music. Tell me a bit about your journey into meditation and how you actually, I guess, found your own way or journey into that space. Yeah, so again, this is very much tied up with Red Room Poetry. I was working for a a different arts organisation at the time um, called Bundadon and they have a working relationship with Red Room Poetry and... Poets would come to Bundanon and take 
students out on country and do poetry writing exercises. And I was with them one day helping facilitate this program and with a fantastic First Nations poet called Ali Cobby Eckerman and Curly Saunders. And we went out onto country and they were both like, well, now that you're here, you've got to write. You've got to write poetry. You've got to partake in this activity. And I was like, oh, all right. So sat there immersed in this just fantastic landscape underneath these eucalyptus trees and and got really quiet and wrote poetry and shared it afterwards. And they were both like, oh, you know, you're not bad. You you can write poetry. I was like, oh, okay, all right, I'll, I'll keep going. So I did. I kept going and kept having these amazing opportunities to work with Red Room and work with Curly on a program called Poetry in First Languages. And one of these projects that was happening in 2018 coincided with my family reconnecting with our Aboriginal ancestry. So this is something that I didn't grow up knowing. However, it was in the family, it was something that the family knew about but didn't talk about. And it wasn't until I was an adult that, you know, my father shared our story with me and it just deeply resonated with me and I was very lucky and very privileged to be in a position to investigate this further and have these experiences with First Nations language custodians and elders and students that embraced my journey and were able to share and to teach me and to uh, encourage me to, to go further in that journey of reconnection. And tell me about how transformative it was for you to, I guess, embed and immerse yourself in this practice. Look, it really has changed my life. Um, that conversation that I had with my dad over the the kitchen table, I mean, it was like an instant aha moment for me. Lots of things made sense when we were talking about this family history. Things like how I've just always felt about nature and being, you know, connected to it and the interconnectedness of everything. So on a a spiritual level, uh, culturally, this made a lot of sense to me. And so being able to be part of these programs going out on country and listening to country and meditating and just immersing myself in that space. It's just been such a profound uh, life-changing experience for me and opened me up in lots of ways and it's had a flow-on effect with my creativity. I feel like I'm braver, I'm more inspired and I'm more open to sharing myself with the world. So tell us about Naramara. What is it? It's a deep listening practice. So lots of First Nations cultures around the world have a version of it um, and it goes under many different language names. Uh, So Dadiri is another word for this deep listening. It's about that space that you enter when you are in the natural environment when you go on a bushwalk and you really quieten your mind and you let your senses sharpen and you become aware of your surroundings in a way that 
you're not aware in your everyday life when we're going about our, you know, domestic chores and hustle and bustle of of everyday life, we don't open ourselves up to the energy of what is around us. But we tend to do this more when we're in a natural environment, like in bushland or maybe sitting under a tree in a park. We're surrounded by green. We can feel the breeze on our skin. We can feel the sun um, shining down on our heads and we kind of open up to those sensations. So these meditations are a way of tapping into that when you can't physically be in that environmental space. And why is that so spiritually powerful? Like what is the significance of it? It's significant because when we do quieten and go within, we are reminded that we are connected to everything. We are made of the same substance, the same atoms that the universe is made of. We come from Mother Earth in the same way that tree grows from Mother Earth plants and animals come from Mother Earth. We are all connected in that way. And I think as a society, it's really important for us to remember this so that we don't lose sight of who we are and we don't lose that connection to the planet Earth and look after her and and remember how important she is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I guess, you know, how grounding has this practice been for you in your life and in the lives of the people that you've you've taught it to? Well, I meditate every day, twice a day, actually, like when I wake up in the morning and also at night, just as part of my everyday living experience. But I also do these type of meditations when I am feeling disconnected. If I haven't had the opportunity to go on a bushwalk, if I've been really busy with work and I catch myself in that space where I'm just in my monkey mind and there's chatter all the time and I haven't taken a breath and my muscles are all tense, then I will do this meditation just to ground myself and to remember how connected I am with everything. I find it really helpful when I'm about to enter into that kind of creative space. I'm going to write some poetry or I'm going to make a piece of music just to quiet my mind and to get prepared to let that different energy flow through my body. And so I often use this when I'm working with students, um, but not just students, even adults, when we're practising writing poetry, just to quieten and to go within and to ground before opening up. That's really what it's about. And it's amazing to see the shift in people when you do this, especially students. Often when you're doing a workshop with students and you go into a school, they've come in from the playground and they're all full of energy and there's this person in their classroom that they've never seen before and then they're a bit nervous, like, what are we, we going to do? Like, what are we about to do? Oh, we're writing poetry? Like, oh, I don't like writing poetry or I feel a bit shame or I can't do that and oh, I hope she doesn't ask me to read my poem. I don't want to do that. So there's all that kind of anxious energy And you take them through a meditation like this and you see all of that just absolutely melt away. And when that melts away, then they open up, you know, that heart space opens up and they're more receptive and they're more creative and they're able to play and have fun and 
That's what I love about your meditation so much is that you don't even have to be in nature to feel like you're in that space as you're guiding people through it. A lot of us do live our lives in offices and in houses and in apartments and that energy shift is happening just because you're making that moment wherever you are. You can create that quiet space within you at any time. Is that something that is important for people to know that they can actually create that energy shift wherever they are? Absolutely. And that it is in you. It's a, it's a remembering. We, we know how this feels. Like even if we haven't had a lot of experiences being out in nature, we've had some kind of experience where, you know, we've felt the sun on our skin, we've felt the breeze through our hair, we've gazed upon an ocean, we've been near trickling water. So we have a remembering and we have a, a deep ancient remembering of this too. Like it is in our blood, it is in our innate nature to want to tap into these feelings and to feel connected and calmer when we do do that because, you know, our ancestors have lived close to the land and, you know, their ancestors and their ancestors. So it's, it's a part of us. Thank you so much, Nicole, for being here with us and also for your meditation, which I think made all of us feel centred, engaged and present. Appreciate your time. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks. Thanks.